Yeah, I, I, I hope to see Leash in a mullet, uh, possibly during the Olympics. That would, that would be that would be pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see about that. What is going on, everybody? Shank Happens is back after a few week hiatus. Man, Orion, I feel like I haven't uh, talked to you in a long time, man. How you doing? Yeah, I know it, it's been a while. I'm good. Hope you're well. You know, like my, my long long lost friend. It, it, I know it has it's it been has a been a while. I, I've been like anxiously like trying to get back in, in the studio and get a pod done with you. And I know that our listeners have been kind of wondering what's been going on with us and where we've been. But we're back. We're back and we're going to be Rest back. Rest assured, we are back. back. Yeah, you know, I took a little hiatus. I was on the East Coast for a few weeks. It just kind of got to the point where it was like challenging to sit down and do a podcast. But we are right. back. But we've had a lot of good stuff go on in the world of golf uh, since we last uh, threw up a pod. And we've got a really cool episode this week uh, with a really awesome guest, a guest that I'm a big fan of. We've got Cam Smith. Um, he's had, He headed over to the Open here a couple of days ago. He's going to try to get his first major championship. He's also going to be playing for Australia in his first ever Olympics. And Coach Rusty and I got to catch up with the man himself and uh, have a, a, cool a fun guy. little interview. Yeah. Yeah. What, what a great guy. Um, you know, I, I, I can't say that I was – always like a huge cam smith fan like I, I i couldn't i can't say that i can't i gotta be honest there was times where i was like who who is this guy and now he's got a mullet and i was like what is this and then the more i i kind of like got got to uh know him and the more i studied about him i, I learned he's a really cool guy loves to fish like yeah, loves to fish. lives up in the uh, jacksonville area has a boat goes out red fishing all the time before we hopped on the call with him he was getting ready for a fishing trip the next day like so so cool and just just a just a good dude loves to throw back a couple beers and just just kick it he seems like he's yeah got you guys i we won't have a visual for you here but so we we filmed the interview with cam prior to this just logistically yes. obviously he was heading overseas but um Ryan and I are on Zoom with Jordan, who's Cam's girlfriend, and she's yeah. just helping like facilitate all this. So thank you to Jordan for for setting that all up. But Cam's on the boat prepping everything for a big fish outing the next day, and he's got his shirt off. He's got his mullet flowing. I think the wind's blowing a little bit. He's got yeah. a beard in his hand, and we we made a request that he film the Zoom interview with us exactly like that, but he declined. So he went to his office and put a shirt on, which was really disappointing because. We yeah. just wanted to see him in his element, shirt off, mullet flowing, beer in hand, and potting. It and it just, yeah, it we got to see. It was it was awesome. Um, but yeah, Cam Smith, he, man, I, I I I'm not a guy who's always been a Cam Smith fan either. So I, right. but he's definitely grown on me. Um, his style of golf, I think he's really creative. Uh, great player, great iron player. I got to meet him at the Mark Leishman uh, event last year for his foundation, and he was. Stand-up guy, easy to be around, real pleasant. And then the mullet obviously happened, mm-hmm. and you got you got to love mullets. And the fact that he stayed true to his mullet too. A lot of guys will do something kind of gimmicky for a week or two, and this guy has just let it flow. And I don't see any signs of it going away. We're going to ask Cam about that in our interview. And then his girlfriend's just funny on Instagram too. She always just like strikes a nerve with her uh, – her Instagram polls and her stories and stuff like that. So it's always entertaining and, and just seeing everything. Yeah. So just an all around good couple. So excited to have him on the pod. And I think you guys will definitely enjoy that interview for sure. Yeah, definitely. So in the world of golf, and let's just jump over to the first tee. There's been so many things that have been going on and a couple of things we want to touch on because in our, in our podcasting that we've done, we've talked about hole in ones on par fours. 
Only one PGA Tour player has ever done that. Here on social media, just in the last couple of weeks, we had somebody that uh, made an ace on a par four, our buddy Matt in the Good Good squad. But, yeah. I mean, dude, how fucking cool is that to get an ace on a par four and have it filmed? Dude, okay. Like, first of all, I mean, uh, incredible. We'll dive into the, the you know, how I would feel if I got a whole one on a par four here in a second. But, like, you got to sh- give, like, a shout-out to their guys that are behind the camera. Like, they're absolutely killing it. Think about, okay, like, when I'm out there, like, filming a trick shot and I've got somebody filming me, I'm always just, like, super scary that they're, like, scared that they're not going to get what I want the way I want it or they're going to miss sure. something. And it's happened before a bunch. And it's, like, a yeah. bummer. But, like, imagine, like, you're out there filming a video, you get a hole in one part four and the camera guy fucked it up. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, like. It would oh, be that's... an all-time high to, like, an all-time low. You'd be like, yeah. dude, I had the opportunity to have this all captured. And yeah. you fucked it up. And he, yeah. but he nailed it. And they, they filmed it so well. And it was just like, you know, like that was a really cool video. And, and, and uh, man, shit, like to get a hole on a par four. We talked about it like before in the, in the podcast. We, do we think that it was ever going to happen again on tour? I said, I think I said, that, yeah, it's probably going to happen. It's got to eventually. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen again. I mean, it may happen. It may happen this week at the open. There's always a Good, short yeah. par four. Link style golf, Link's you know, golf. it could happen. If it's going to happen, this type of tournament. But dude, what, what was most impressive about that is the fact that Tom hit the green. Yep. Micah hit the flag stick. Right. And then Matt makes an ace. I don't know where Garrett's mm-hmm. went. I'm sure it was like on the fringe or something like that. But like, I mean, it looked like a hole that's a Cowboys golf club. I'm not quite sure where that was. They were in like in Kansas City or something, but. There's a there's a hole at Cowboys that's kind of protected by a couple bunkers, but if you can fly just the front of the green, which is like 270 or 280, you have a chance at it. Um, yeah. But to see three balls on the green like that, one in the hole, I mean, that's just one. That's yeah, it was incredible a in itself. That was a flex. Dude. It was I a was, huge flex. It was. was but the like, way they captured that whole video, though, just like on the tee box, the banter, Garrett calls it, you know, someone's going to yeah. get an ace, and then the guy's behind the green filming it. So – that's off to those boys. Yeah. Their videos are always entertaining. We've had them at a couple uh, PJ memes events and uh, we'll have to see if we can get Matt on maybe to talk about yeah. it with us just real quick. Yeah. I mean, I'd just love to get their whole take and that story behind that and what those boys did to celebrate that ace. Cause that's big time. Yeah. Maybe we'll come out with like a, another little pod this week or something that you guys can be on the lookout for and we'll get his whole story about it. Cause I mean, dude, like when do you, I mean, you don't know a single person like personally that has a hole in one on a part four. I barely know no. people that have hole in ones period. So to get the story and everything uh, behind that, I think that'd be pretty cool. And I'm pretty sure you guys would be interested. So maybe we'll, we'll have Maddie on. So, yeah, well, that's, that's I say, it. let's, let's do it. Man. So, so another thing that passed that I want to kind of touch on briefly was the match. So I missed the match um, driving home. I was, like I said, I was out on the East coast and I just uh, took the trek back and I was on the road while this was going down, just kind of following it on my phone Saw a little fireworks, saw Bryson hold out on number one, um, a little banter back and forth. But what are your thoughts on this version of the match? I know they've mixed and matched some players. Do you like to see more consistency with the same guys? Do you like the new guys that have been sprinkled in? Um, and I guess first and foremost, did you tune in? Did you watch the whole thing? No, I didn't. Uh, I, I've slowly started to kind of not enjoy them personally i mean yeah. the only reason i kind of did want to watch is because i i do enjoy watching bryson play and he's my buddy and you know i want to support him but 
I I just kind of don't like it. I don't. I, I feel like there's not enough golf. The pace of play kind of sucks. There's too much talking. Like Phil Mickelson does not shut up. Like yeah. <laughs> he, he just doesn't <laughs> shut up. And it's yeah. like I love Phil. I'm a lefty. I idolized the guy <clears throat> growing up. But like I kind of like don't like his whole demeanor while he's out there during these matches. He like becomes a totally different person or maybe he's just becoming himself but you never see his true self when sure. he's out there actually in a professional setting so i don't know i i just don't really enjoy it it, it there's just like all this like weird like weak ass shit talk going back and forth and mediocre play and i mean there, there's some good shots i mean like when they both uh hit the green uh yeah i mean on that, tom brady yeah Tom Brady the green you know, on that was pretty stuck it like I mean that that's cool you know it was really hard to watch the the last one with Tom Brady it was yeah. just terrible even though he hold out one time I think didn't he like hold out he was like having a shit round but like hold out yeah. from like super far. I mean I don't know it's just like I don't find it to be that enjoyable personally I think that if they did mix it up like I don't think it should just be a match with like two two twosomes like 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 a a pairing i think you could get a few more guys in there like make it eight guys you know Mm -hmm. like two foursomes or something like that and have like some different formats you know just one one round of golf with four guys i just can't really see myself getting behind it anymore i just i'm yeah it's it's definitely um i think they've tried hard to mix it where they're getting different audiences and obviously you've got charles barkley to appeal to like the the bad golfers. And I think that's what Tom Brady did a little bit on that last time around, which Tom is a good golfer, but it was like, he played really bad that first time around. And I think, although it being painful to watch, it was also kind of cool because you never see Tom Brady really fail at anything. Right. And Very humanizing for sure. It, it definitely humanized him, but also at the same time, he holds it from the fairway from with an incredible shot. So it's like, yeah. you see the skill set that he has and he redeemed himself with that. He was ultimately the talk of the entire match um now you've got you know you had Peyton Manning come in and then he is out um Aaron Rodgers which he played really great he was clutch down the stretch and stuff but at the end of the day like I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers guy um so I just I don't know I didn't really have a lot of interest to tune in you see everything going on at the ACC championship uh in Tahoe with all these celebrities and and ex-football players and baseball players and stuff like part of me thinks like, could there be a Ryder cup type of format put together over a three day event? And what better time to do it this year? I feel like maybe they swung and miss on this because the Ryder cup's coming up in a couple of months. Like maybe they could have done something there where it was a two day, three day thing over a weekend that we could see 12 amazing, you know, athletes get together. And I think they're talking shit and they're having fun, but it's definitely PC. Like you and yeah. I both know, like these guys on the course talk way more shit and say way more uh, things, have more profanity, just a little more flavor to to the madness. And I think that like they're holding back as they probably maybe they should. But yeah. and how much more entertaining would it be if, if you got to get who they really are on camera? Yeah, and make watch it a like a real view. match. Yeah, make, make it a pay per view. Well, Take they tried to off. that first time, right? And it kind of yeah. failed. Yeah. Well, yeah, they had like it, it did fail because they had like actually like some technical thing happen where um, people like everyone got refunded. I, don't, I remember some, some people bought it, but then they couldn't access it. And it was just kind of like it was kind of like uh, a joke and everyone got refunded. I think I got refunded. I think Bleacher Report like refunded me. And I tried I tried to watch it on their platform or something like that. But I mean, 
I don't know. I, I think there, there's there's a million possibilities, and I think that it's kind of just starting. You know, I mean, we've only they've only had a few of these matches, and so I I feel like you know you, you can you can learn from it, and you can probably provide yeah. something new. And I think you know getting new celebrities uh, would would be huge. I mean, you look, even you look at that ACC, and it's like, man, they need to get some new people in there. I feel like it's the same shit every year. Person. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know how many fucking more times I can take seeing the Carlton dance on the golf course. Like, no one gives a <laughs> shit. No one cares. Like, that's washed up. Like, let's get some new people in. Like, move, 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 uh, move that, move that guy, Carlton, move him to uh, the Champions Tour celebrity event that they do. Like, he needs to, he needs to <laughs> move up a league. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I, just, I get it. Like, there's tradition and people look for that kind of stuff and and so forth. But like, the thing is, is like. So I run these little like the charity events and stuff and I try to do them differently, but at the same time, it's easy to have consistency and kind of have like a blueprint. Well, I'm not on TV. Okay. So like, I'm right. not broadcasting this for the whole world to see um, 90% of the golfers for each of these events are generally different. There's going to be the guys like you and me and a few other of our buddies that are going to play in all these. So it's, it's the same stuff, but it's all right. for a good cause. And I would say like the match, it's for a tremendous cause. They're raising so much money for charity. So I'm not shitting on it whatsoever. It's an, it's an right. amazing thing. It's entertaining. Um, I love the athletes and stuff that they're having on this. Uh, I think their whole team's doing an incredible job. The pressure they have is just like, are they going to lose interest? Is this going to be something that, you know, in a right. year or two, it's not going to be a thing anymore. And um, I think they have, they're like forced to mix it up a little bit, maybe make it where, you know, maybe there's two a year where there's one like the traditional one and then there's another one different formats that are more challenging i think they did a one club challenge on one of the holes in the back nine which is mm -hmm. kind of cool and different um and i think the audience would probably like to see i mean i think phil used a three wood the whole way out um yeah and it's like getting to see like a guy like phil be creative with a shot where he shouldn't have a three wood in his hands but he pulls it off that's pretty cool stuff to watch you know yeah yeah so, i mean i i, I like I like stuff like that. I mean, like, to, like to the point you said, it is raising a ton of money for charity and it, and it's great. It's great for golf. It's good for charity. So that's why I think it does need to be under magnifying glass so that we can make the appropriate changes to keep it, keep people engaged. Like I, I love what they did for the last match when they had like Tristan jazz and a couple other social media people. Like I, I think social media influencers, like the, to the top dog ones, I think they're completely undervalued because they bring like a huge audience. Yeah. Um, a huge audience in that, that is has nothing to do with golf. Like T jazz, the basketball kid, like I love watching his Instagram. And when I found out he was playing in the closest to the pin contest on the part three on the last match they did uh, prior to this last one, uh -huh. I thought that was so cool. They had like a couple basketball players, you know, a couple social media influencers that just do not play golf, but are picking up an interest in the game. And they're yeah. having a, a, a whole, like a closest to the pin contest. And then you know, it, it was just really cool. I watched that more than I wanted to watch the match. I thought it was so cool. Yeah. So if they can keep doing yeah. things like that and make it a little bit more interactive and just in, 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 you know, fill the space of all the talking, you know, with other things and, and keep the audience that's actively watching engaged, they'll kill it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I mean, they've got a good team around it. I think they're going to do some amazing things, which they already have, but it'd be fun to for see sure. that continue to grow and, and, and do more. So um, <clears throat> I guess moving on, talking about other other stuff, we had a couple of events that took place this last week, though. We had the John Deere, um, and we had a, a really stacked leaderboard down at, down the end, but Lucas Glover prevailed and ended up shooting 19 under. Uh, first win in over 10 years. 
Um, it's hard to believe like Lucas Glover hasn't won in over 10 years. He's a previous U.S. Open champion, but he's, he's come close. He's had a, a really good run as of late and finally got over the, the hump. And listen, I, you know, was worried for the guy. I was like, dude, don't, don't blow up. Don't blow up. You know, the Lucas Glover memes that are out there. And I've, I've tried to be a big, bigger and better person to stop doing those. Um, the Lucas and, Glover memes that are out there. Who, who put them out there? <laughs> well, I started them and then I saw some other ones surface this last week that came off yeah. of that. I'm like, uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to root for the guy. And he won and obviously rooting for Kevin. Nah, I was hoping that he would win and he made a, a costly bogey down the stretch, um, missed yeah. some putts, but overall his putter was absolutely on fire. Tight yeah, second. Him. And, uh, you know, you'd like to see him take that momentum into the open, but he's one of the guys who voluntarily withdrew due to the COVID protocols we're going to get into later. But good to see Kevin back at it. He'll be back in the in the saddle in a few weeks at the WGC um, in Memphis. But, yeah, hats off to Lucas Glover, dude. I'm happy for you. Um, hopefully he t- takes this momentum into to close the year and does some good stuff. But, um, you know, John Deere is always one of those tournaments that's exciting. You know, like if you've seen Bryson get his first win there, you saw Jordan Spieth get his first win there, the hole out of the bunker. Mm-hmm. And it's always cool to see those guys win and then take the flight over to the open and, and yeah. participate in that and stuff. So although Lucas has won before and won a major championship, it was really cool and exciting to see him back on top. And hopefully this is something at the start of a, a stretch of a few more wins uh, for the guy. So hats off, Lucas. Congrats. Yeah, man. And Kevin, keep it going, dude. That was yeah. some seriously good play. Like, Yeah, we'll have to have Kevin back. We'll have, he was on the pod last year um, as we were getting back into golf, and he was defending his championship at the Charles Schwab. So we'll have to get him back on. I mean, I think he'll definitely pick up a win or two to close the year. His game's definitely coming around. Would have loved to see him play in the major, though. And there's a couple of other yeah. big names missing out. I mean, let's just kind of jump into this real quick because – you know, obviously this is different. The players are flying overseas. They're, they're playing in England, which uh, just has tough COVID proto- protocols to begin with. They were on lockdown far longer than, than we were. And so now you've got um, the Open who canceled last year is, is back open. We're going to have fans there. Um, you know, players have very strict protocols as to who they can bring and who they can quarantine with. They're not allowed right. to like leave their place. They can't go grocery shopping. I mean, it's just insane. And you've had players like Ricky Fowler who is over there playing and he's not very outspoken or controversial whatsoever in anything yeah, he's doing. And he came out and was critical of all this stuff. And I mean, you're kind of talking about government though. You're not really talking about the RNA. You're not really talking about the open really. I think that they might take it a step further to just to protect their image um, and their brand. But you're really talking about you know, the government over there and how they're handling COVID and the protocols of people entering their country and so forth. And I don't know, man, you got Kevin Na who's withdrawn. You had Bubba withdrew, who is fully vaccinated, who tested negative, but was in close yep. contact with someone who had COVID. And yep. you've got, you know, M, Zach, that, Johnson. M, Zach Johnson, you have Hideki who tested positive with the John Deere. I mean, Hideki's our master's champion for this year. Right. And he's yeah, not able I mean, to go play in the open. And he's, he's that's, finished. That's a shot, man. That's yeah, a, dude, it's, it's just insane. A chest. It, I mean, yeah. like you, to have the opportunity to win two majors in the same year is, is, is incredible. You know, you, yeah. you, you want to have that opportunity. I mean, that's, that's the, the shit you dream of as a kid. And, you know, that's the shit you see, you saw Tiger Woods do, you know? So it's, it's just like, 
it, it's tough, man. It's, it's, it's really unfortunate that I feel like these guys kind of have to put a muzzle on a little bit to protect their yeah. image, you know, cause you, you know that they're all extremely, extremely frustrated with this, especially when some of them are vaccinated, especially yeah. when they're allowing fans, you know, it's just, uh, yeah. What, I mean, listen, what, golf what, the, is, what are you going to do? Yeah. It's just frustrating. We've, we've, we've hit on this and, you know, we don't need to like beat a dead horse or anything, but it's just frustrating yeah. because, you know, you've been with your family, you've been with these golfers, you're out on the golf course, you're outside. Um, let's go, it's time to move on, you know, and like this championship, we're going to talk about it on our buy or sell segment, but these last couple of years have, you know, really hurt. I think it's, it's brand. And it's just, it's crazy to me to think that this is one of the most, this is the oldest and most prestigious champ, major championship that's out there. And you've got some of the best players in the world that aren't participating because they don't want to jump through hoops. They don't want to have a John Rom situation where they go over there and they spend invest all this time and this money and this energy yeah. and then they have to withdraw i mean i'm telling you now i don't know what the testing is like throughout the week but if they have a john rom type situation in the major championship that's going to be really really bad for the sport of golf i mean yeah, it's the fact that it happened at a big tournament like the memorial to a big time player like john rom i mean thank god he ended up winning a couple of weeks later in the u.s open feel like no one's going to talk about that ever again really um but it's just it's really sad. It's disappointing. Imagine that happening to a player like Kramer. It's about to win their like first that. major, you know? Yeah. It's like, can you imagine if that happened to like, you know, a guy like Kramer or someone like that or Maverick yeah. McNeely or someone out there that's trying to fight for like their first or second win that's going to put them over the top. And hey, by the way, dude, you got to withdraw, uh, even though you're up by six strokes. Like, you're, yeah. you know, it's like some guys might not be able to ever come back from that mentally. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, so, I think if that happens, you're going to see a lot of these people take that muzzle off, you know, a lot of the guys on tour, Yeah, you know, <clears throat> it, not if it just happens to them, but if it happens to anybody else, I mean, you just, you don't wish that upon anybody. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's really not much else we can say about it. It's, it, it's, it sucks. You know, it's, it's, a, it's brutal not to have, you know, a couple major champions not playing in a major, you know, that are perfectly yeah healthy and hitting the ball well i mean you know mm -hmm. bubba's bubba's playing good golf bubba's playing really good and i know a lot of people were like joking like oh he's just gonna miss the cut i don't think so bubba's playing really no. well bubba's a really creative player and, and that's what you have to bring over to the to the open and 100 i think he's a player who's gonna win an open championship i really do i mean he hits it a long way he's got all these different types of ball flights he can be just as creative as anybody else and right now i think he's playing tremendous golf and you know, it's just disappointing. I mean, I'm not like the number one Bubba fan out there, but you never want to see somebody who's playing good golf go into a tournament that's really important to them, important to their family, to their team, and just not be able to participate because it's something so silly, you know? So yeah. Yeah. it's frustrating, but, you know, it is what it is. But it's Open Championship Week. I'm excited for it because I love the fact that I just wake up and you've got a major championship going on already. So the day starts out just so cool. Like, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. What's cool too is like, I like to golf during the weeks of the majors, so just being out on the course and stuff. And I mean, what's cool is you can go get an early tea time and kind of follow around with it, or you could wake up and just like lay around and watch uh, the open and then go get a tea time after the fact, and you're not missing any action whatsoever. So it's all around. It's just a cool time. Um, I really don't know much about this course, just kind of seeing and, and researching about it this week. It looks like it's a, a huge test. There's not a lot of flat space out there and stuff. There's lots of like, undulations and hills and trouble these guys can get in so i think 
it's going to be a true test to golf. The open always is. And I'm excited to see these guys go out there and, and battle the elements. I hope we get some shitty weather. Yeah. Hope I hope it's some high winds. terrible. I hope it's yeah. fucking terrible. And I hope it's pissing <laughs> fucking rain outside my house and cloudy and windy and just, just garbage. I hope it's awful. I hope it's just, I want the whole mood. I want it all. I want to feel like you want I'm the there. whole open mood. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, that's what I want. I, I think, I think it was, it's where Darren Clark won. If I'm not mistaken, it is. Um, I'm not. It yeah. is. So I remember watching that and I was like, I was younger. I, I can't remember what year it was, but I was like fucking Darren Clark, but it was brutal. I remember it just being like, yeah, like a brutal tournament. So I, I, I'm, I'm just pumped. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to get coffee. I'm going to put a robe on him, get some fucking robe time with a little cup of coffee. And I dude, I'm like, I'm ecstatic, you know, despite the fact that there's, that there's not some, some big names going in. I'm still pumped for the open. It is a great. Yeah. Tournament. I'm stoked. You, you know? got Ricky over there playing. Um, you've got, yeah. Look, a lot of these guys are playing good golf right now. I mean, Bryson's out there playing good golf. Kepka's playing good golf. You've got, you know, Morikawa's over there. You've got Rory playing pretty good. You've got, I mean, all these guys are, I mean, playing pretty good golf right now. Patrick yeah. Cantley. I mean, so it's going to be Xander. I mean, shit, you could just, the list just goes on and on. Jason Day's playing really good right now. I'm excited to see what he can do over there. So overall, what, I like, think it's going to be what are your picks? exciting tournament. Well, why don't we just, why don't we just knock our picks out right now? Give me your top dog and your underdog. We've had some luck, I think, in the first round or two where we've had some success, but none of our guys have actually hit. So, I mean, why don't we do, why don't we do uh, kind of like a a normal pick of like the obvious of who we go for, and then let's do like a dark horse pick. I'm down something like that. I'm trying to figure out who my my main pick would be. That's 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 where I'm at right now. So I mean, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Bryson DeChambeau. Okay, and he's a guy who hits it a super long way. He can battle the wind. He can hit it out of the the rough. I think that um, I don't know that I don't know this course. This is the only thing I'm talking just out of my ass. But I feel like if he can hit it beyond a lot of some of the trouble. So what you're gonna see in a lot of these courses is in link style golf. You're gonna get a tremendous amount of roll. Okay. And these bunkers are strategically placed to where you don't want to hit it too far. Um, You know, you roll into one of these pot bunkers and you're in trouble. You've got to take your medicine. You got to hit it out sideways. Maybe sometimes you got to hit it out from behind. Um, If Bryson couldn't hit it past a lot of this stuff, I mean, then he's going to have a short club into a lot of these, these holes, including par fives. I mean, he's a great putter. Um, I think he's had a lot of, um, adversity to overcome with this Tim Tucker thing. It -hmm. sounds like they've tried to put a lot of good publicity in front of it and around it to where this was something that was planned last year. And, um, Tim had, you know, had plans to start this business at Bandon, uh, you know, for a a van travel service and all this stuff. And kind of, I don't know, you saw the article out there. I'm not sure if you've read it or if you're listening, if you've read it, but it basically talked about Tim was, putting a lot of time into that last year and this year is distracting him. Obviously Bryson's a very demanding boss to have. He practices a ton. He stays out in the, the range really late. <clears throat> Tim's responsible for being out there with him. And so I, I get it, but to, to quit on a Wednesday during a tournament where you're sponsored by that tournament, um, you know, it's a big deal. Like as a friend or as someone who has had good work together um, in the past, listen, 
you talk privately and you're like, listen, I I'm fucking sick of your bullshit. I don't want to work with you anymore. This is I'm done, but you know what? I'm going to give you this week. I'm going to add respect to you and our, our relationship out of respect to yourself to not quit during the middle of a, a tournament and right. out of respect to like the title sponsor that reps Bryson and you know, all those guys, like I just, something bigger happened there. Like they're not buddies, like yeah. something big happened there where he's just like, fuck off. I'm leaving. I'm out. The Cobra rep steps in um, and they missed the cut. And here we are, you know, and now you've got this other guy stepping in on the bag um, who is tied into Bryson's team, works for Como, um, you know, probably going to do great things, but I don't know. I could see it all coming back together. Bryson did well on the match. You know, he brought in a good personality, although be it, it's Bryson. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, he comes out this week and plays well and, and wins this thing. And I think it kind of puts a yeah. lot of this controversy behind him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I think that I think the one thing is that it's probably, you know, been been a, a battle over the past year with with between Bryson and Tim for sure. I mean, you know, the the boss employee relationship is not an easy one. Never will be, never is. Yeah. But yeah. you know, you're gonna have your differences. So, you know, I feel like if it if it has all been building up and 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 now it's finally done and they can go their separate ways, it might be a weight off Bryson's shoulder shoulders. You know, I, I see him kind of having fun with his new caddy, like they were in the, his swimming pool and the caddy yeah. was in the pool with a bag. And he didn't you know, have that relationship with Tim, you know. No, and so so you know, it, it's a weight off his shoulders. He can kind of maybe feel like he can be himself a little bit more. Maybe he's got somebody that's a, l- a little younger, has a little bit less on their plate that can handle, yeah. you know, the, the high demand that, that is Bryson DeChambeau. And, well, I'll say this, and, and you've been around Tim and Bryson a couple of yeah. different times. What I'll say is when I was with them, I just sensed a little bit of Tim, like being annoyed with Bryson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, mean, cause Bryson's very like gimmicky and, you know, a little different, well, he's way different. Um, and you could see him kind of alienated from a lot of the different players out there in the practice area and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I just got this vibe where like Tim was a little bit like annoyed with some of it, you know, and like mm-hmm. he just was there and putting up with it and stuff. And um, yeah. I caught onto that really quick, but maybe I'm just, I was reading into it differently. And so if no, you've got this new guy who has been a part of Bryson's whole like science experiment and just his whole transformation and they're younger to, you know, like they hang out together, they can goof off together and stuff like that. I think that could be a huge boost to him. Um, it could also be a detriment depending on if this guy can, is a distraction at some point, but I don't think he would be. I think this guy's, you know, dedicated to his craft. He's surrounds himself with a good team with Chris. And so I don't see that being a problem, but maybe it does just relax him a little bit and he, he can be himself. You know? Yeah. I, I think that's a big thing for Bryson. I think that he needs to learn how to, be Bryson DeChambeau, which is a pretty big celebrity now, but he also, he, you know, his work ethic's never going to go away. That guy works hard as shit, you know, mm-hmm. but I think that he does need to learn how to, you know, act his age a little bit and have some fun. He's still a very young guy. Like, you know, yeah. he's living the fucking dream. Like, you know, you're a major champion. You've won so many, you've won on tour a bunch, you know, you're probably going to win a bunch more. You're probably going to win a bunch more majors, you know, that's all coming to you, but you know, you can't lose yourself in that, you know? And I, I think that there, you do need to be yourself a little bit. And I think that's a problem for Bryson. I think he's kind of in the past been afraid to be himself in certain settings yeah. and, and around certain people. So if he can surround himself with some people that he can be himself with who, and no matter who that version of himself is, like 
he can't be afraid to just be that guy. He can't be afraid to take the heat that people are giving him. Plus, I'm sure he's fully capable of taking any heat now after all the heat he's taken over the past couple no, of years. Of so he's definitely you know, gotten better I, with it. I'm rooting for Bryson. You know, I, I, I hope that, you know, these changes are fruitful for him. I think they will be for sure. So but yeah, that's a so good who's pick, your, man. I mean Yeah, who's your pick? I'm interested to see who your your go to guy is. So my 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 top pick is gonna be Abe Answer. I think it's his time. I really do. He's been playing super good. He's got yeah. Dale back back on the bag, which is just like Awesome. Yeah, I saw that. I was so happy to see that. Like, yeah, Dale Dale was out there walking with uh, Joaquin Neiman, ripping yeah. a rod, and Joaquin Neiman's like, "You allowed to smoke out?" He's like, "I smoke wherever I want. I smoke wherever I want." <laughs> just like this guy's awesome. So Neiman's like the that... healthiest guy in the world. Probably, you I know. know. I eats know. avocados yeah. all day. I'm yeah. I'm becoming a big uh, Neiman fan for sure. That guy's really cool. Yeah, I, he's I like following great... him on social. He's he seems like a really good dude. Um, yeah, for, for sure. sure. But dude, but yeah, I'd I, love I, if Abe I, could get his first. Dude, I mean, this would be a huge win for him, but just, yeah. I mean, obviously major general, but he's been so close so many times yeah. and hasn't been able to make it happen. So, yeah, I mean, dude, he, he has been incredibly close. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad pick. I think it's a great pick. And it's not just because, you know, personally, I like the guy. It's just because I mm-hmm. think that he's, he's going to have a really good career. He's definitely going to be a major champion one day. And I think that this could, this could be it. So hopefully he can, uh, he can figure it out. My, my, um, Second pick, my, 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 I, guess, I don't know if you could call him an underdog, but I, it's my underdog <laughs> pick, and that's yeah. uh, Terrell Hatton. Terrell Hatton. Okay, yeah. I love I love that. Yeah, I don't – I mean, this listen, you can, I think, in terms of, like, top of the list of names you'd think of. Uh, Terrell Hatton's probably not going to be up there for a lot of people, yeah. but uh, he, he deserves to be. I mean, the guy's playing good golf. He's I love how competitive the guy is. I mean, it's just – You really You is. can always expect to see a tantrum or a club thrown or something like that, but it's all – it's all in good energy. You know, it's someone who just takes his craft very seriously and holds yeah, himself gritty. at a high, high level, you know, he's super gritty and you got to be gritty. Uh, when you're I, I like that over, pick. So. I'm going to yeah. go with on my pick. Um, it's an Australian, but it's not one that we interviewed. I'd love to see Cam go out there and win. I think it'd be cool, but I think it's going to be Mark Leishman. I think Mark Leishman uh-huh. has got the game, to pull it off. I'm a big leash guy. I think he's, I think he's a, a great dude all around great family. But I think that uh, his time is coming soon to where he could win a major. I mean, he's put together a good string of victories in his career. Um, I think one of the things that can really cement him at a level where I think uh, he wants to be is to get that major championship. And this would be a cool one for him to win. So I'm going to be pulling hard for him. I think he could be the dark horse this week to make Especially it happen. Especially leading up to the uh, to the Olympics with our our uh, guest we got coming on. Later, yeah, representing yeah. Australia, it'd, be, man. it'd be a hell of a run. So. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward that's, to that's it, man. So, too. yeah, we'll oh, tune like in. That. We'll keep everybody posted on who we picked, and then uh, we'd love to hear what your guys' picks are in the comments. We we post this up on our Instagram page, Shane Cappen's yeah, Pod. Definitely. Um, so we'll go from there. But we're gonna jump into our buy or sell segment before we interview uh, Cam Smith. We got some fun ones here that are related to the Open Championship. So let's just kick this right off. Everything that's going on here the last couple of years, the open canceling to cash out on their insurance policy. You've got these tough COVID protocols, a lot of top players in the world like we're alluding to earlier, um, including our 2021 Masters champion, Hideki, not playing. Is the open championship now becoming the worst major in golf by ourselves? Yeah, it's such a good question. I mean, I think some people would think it's a stupid question. Um, we've talked about it before, how we think that the PGA championship is pretty much like the least popular 
major, which I think it still is obvious. Obviously, a lot of people love the Open Championship. They do. Yeah, of course. But but there there is a lot going on. I mean, for me, it still ranks Augusta, U.S. Open, the Open Championship, PGA Championship. But, you know, if, if, if this shit keeps snowballing the way it's snowballing, it could easily move into that fourth spot. It really could. There's just, you know, yeah. it, we, it was the only one we missed, you know, and I, I understand the reasons for that. Um, but with all the all the bullshit that's going on leading up to this one, it's definitely not helping its case. I I, I wonder what the viewership is going to be like. I really would love to see what the viewership is in comparison to PJ Championship. We could look at those numbers afterwards and mm-hmm. kind of figure out where where people's. Uh, hearts are lying but i i don't think so I'll, I'll 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 sell i don't think it's the worst one but it, it very easily could become the least popular in the future yeah. but we'll see yeah i mean i'm gonna just i'm gonna say bye because i'm gonna use my personal feelings with it of just like disappointment and i know it's not really like maybe the open championship or the rna maybe a little bit of it is but i'm just if just frustrated because they could have played last year they, they could have played and they cancel it and cash out on that money, which I get it. It's a business ultimately. Um, although they would probably say on camera that it's not, it's about the, it's about golf. It's about golf in its purity and purest form and, you know, mm-hmm. tradition, but they cashed out last year <clears throat> and avoided, you know, anything possible from bad happening, which they could have, they could have played the tournament, but it is what it is. Um, and then this year it's just crazy. All the hoops they have to go through and listen, even if it's out of their control, it's still affecting the tournament um, and it's disappointing and it leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Am I still going to watch it? Of course I am. Uh, you know, one of my biggest disappointments in this whole thing is Tiger still not playing. Like I wish Tiger was playing in the open. I mean, yeah. I miss Tiger. I, I want him back out there as soon as possible, but to have other players that are playing at the top of their game, including a current master's champion and not being able to play, it's just super frustrating two, for me. Two current masters. Well, I guess this year's. Well, Bubba yeah, yeah, well. yeah. Baba and Hideki, but our current actual sitting master champion not playing. It's yeah. just crazy to me. But um, I would rank mine differently. Masters is always at the top. And then I would say it was open championship for me. And wow. then the U.S. Open, then the PGA. And I want to say the U.S. Open has kind of taken that step above um, the open for me. So I think it's it's definitely not the worst. I, I still look forward to it more than the PGA, although the PGA was obviously super entertaining and Phil gave it a huge boost. And they played it at a badass course. I mean, Kiowa is freaking great venue, so it was fun to watch. Um, yeah. But Open Championship, I mean, it doesn't matter what venue it is they're playing at. It's always really exciting and interesting to tune in and watch. You know, it's different. Yeah. You get to wake up, roll out of bed, and they're on the sixth hole already, you know, and you can kind of see the carnage and the players battling the elements and getting stuck in situations that they have to hit it out sideways and they're going to play for par. And it's, it's, it got a little bit of that U S open type of feel to it. So it's pretty cool. So, but I'm going to, I'm going to buy on this one. Let's uh, jump over to this next one here is links golf, the best type of golf by yourself. Yeah. I think we both, agree uh, on this one why, why don't you why don't you fill me in on what you think first and then I'll all right well over. so i'll say yes it's it's the best style of golf out there i think not only to watch but to play um i'm not a big hitter off the tee but i can get creative with wedges and like i like to you know play bump and run shots 
Um, I like the challenge of the pot bunkers. I feel like you just like focus more on your shot. Um, mm-hmm. I like the challenge that comes with some of that stuff. I'm not a big fan of them in the fairway, but on the green side, green side bunkers, great. Uh, the railroad tie bunkers are really cool too, even though you can risk your life with blade and one have come back and hit you <laughs> in the face. But yep. I think it's the best style of golf. I think mean, it's fun. Um, I love the the fact that you can blister like a three wood out there and you can even hit it. 225 230 and it rolls out another 30 35 yards and you're sitting out there like 260 275 you know with a good shot in but what's cool is like when you go to a place like bandon or you go play like whistling straights even though whistling isn't as linksy as like maybe bandon is right you, you know they'll tell you like hey you need to hit it it's got a 160 shot hit it 130 right and the first couple times you're like you look at your caddy like they're on crack or something just like what are you talking about because mm-hmm. when you're playing your normal Sunday or Saturday round of golf with your buddies, you shoot at 165, like you're going to play it to the number, maybe like a five-yard difference or something, um, play the wind, whatever it may be. But when you're out in links and it's like perfect weather outside, the wind isn't even a factor. And he's telling you to hit it 130 just because he knows that it's going to take one giant bounce. It's going to roll out and you're sitting there right next to the flag. I mean, that's freaking cool. And I think for a player like me, not to go on a huge tangent, you know, it's like one, I'm not the best ball striker out there. I'm not going to hit the ball the furthest. So it's like for me to hit a 130 shot is way easier than hitting a 165 shot. And to know that it can hit up, end up stony, like where I can have a birdie putt, I'm going to take that all day long. So generally, when I go out and play on a Lynx style course, I'll play better. Um, and you don't lose as many balls, right? Uh, right. Fairways are generally more wide open. You might leave yourself the longer second shot, but that's okay. You don't have to take a penalty or anything like that. So I'm all in. I'm buying Lynx Golf is the best. Yeah, I'll agree. I'll buy as well. I mean, I think it's uh, golf the way it was meant to be played, you know? And I love the idea of playing spot golf, target golf, rather than hit the fairway, hit it close to to the green, have a easy two putt one putt whatever you know so i i love playing spock off like that trip we had to bend in dunes that was incredible like you know it, i think that it provides for a more memorable experience you know and and it gets you to play the game in, you know in, in ways that you aren't typically used to playing so you know when you go out there and you play your first link style golf course like your first true firm and fast link style golf course i, I think that it's just always such a shock to people I remember it for me and and it it was just like, this is, this is a totally, almost a totally different. Never forget your first time, Ryan. You never forget. Never, never forget your first. Yeah. So (laughs) when I popped my Lynx cherry, it was, it was definitely memorable. So, you know, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's just really cool. You know, I love going out there and, and, you know, the goal is not to hit the green on certain shots, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, you're, you're putting from places you'd think you'd never putt from and you're hitting clubs from places you'd never think you'd hit that club from. And it's, it's just really, really fun. I think it's, I think it can be challenging at times. And I think if you're, if you're actually hitting the ball really well, it can almost be easier, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's crazy. Cause you, you look at a link style golf course, you know, and it looks just so daunting and difficult right but yeah you can figure out the the way to play these golf courses it can actually be really 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 fun i mean like pinehurst number two the first time i played it got my ass kicked just just rocked you know and and i was hitting the ball great but i wasn't hitting it where i needed to you know i wasn't playing target golf i was playing like i always play i was playing hit the fairway hit the green 
trying yeah. to punt. You you can you can land the ball ten feet short of the flag and it's gone. Like just see ya. So you you really got to learn to pick your spots, and I think that that opens up your mind to a lot of different things, and I, I think it helps you grow as a golfer. So not only is it enjoyable and fun, but it's just super beneficial to you know your game improvement. Yeah. So yeah, I love yeah. It. And I love listen, it. like for for you guys listening right now, if, if you're gonna go out to Bandon, you're gonna go to Pinehurst, or you're gonna go play like Whistling Straits or Sage Valley, or you know one of these courses take a caddy with you, uh, yeah. experience that it's really not that much more money to pay, but your experience is going to be that much better because better. you're going to learn the nuances of the course. You're going to learn the nuances of playing, you know, links golf. I mean, when I go to Bandon, I think we played a couple of rounds without a caddy maybe, but we, I mean, obviously preserves part three course. You're not going to take a caddy out there with you, but right. at the end of the day, like just having someone on your bag to give you that guidance. Like, yeah, there's going to be a time or two where they give you some, some wrong information or whatever, but that's just part of the game. Um, but there's going to be many times where they give you the right information. And you don't hit it right. You know? So it's like, right. it's a game or give or take, but it's just what you said, like, as far as like target golf, not having to hit greens when they give you a, a target that's like 40 yards right of the flag. Like you always, you have those moments where you question like the whole thing. You're like, wait up why are you telling me to do this like i actually want to make a birdie here i don't want to make a i don't want to try to protect par or like make a bogey i want to make a birdie and they're like well yeah if you want to make a birdie hit it 40 yards to the right and i'll show you what happens and you playing that course for the first time even playing bandon now for like the 10th time or whatever it is that i'm at like i'm not going to remember all those different things i don't have these yardage books where i'm writing down all these notes and bringing it back with yeah. me like that's just not the kind of golfer that i am so yeah yeah links golf's the best and if you haven't gone and done it if you haven't gone and play one of these courses go out there and do it because yeah. i'm telling you now it's going to make watching the open way more interesting because you'll know just how challenging some of these shots these guys are facing this week are so yeah definitely and the caddy point is huge like can't trust that enough that will change everything for you like I, yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't play any of these links, like super tough links courses without a caddy. There's no way. It's just, dude, I want to go play Bandon now and have Tim Tucker caddy for me. That'll be sick. Yeah. He's, be he's sick. been a caddy out there in the past. So now that he's going to run this, I'm bringing business, my flight scope for every shot. <laughs> just, <laughs> and I <laughs> and bring a, a spray bottle of water. Be like, can you spray can you my ball here? Yeah. <laughs> we tried to get tim on the podcast i texted him and i got no response so i'm gonna try to continue to do that i know they probably have some type of an agreement of what they should say or not and maybe as time passes we can get tim on here and get some cool, cool. stories from him or something For sure all right so here's a, an interesting and controversial one so uh europe has a stronger fan base than the united states in golf by or sell god you know that's that's such a, a tough one because you know as an American you're completely biased. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean European fans are gnarly, they're they're like die hard and they're yeah. and but but they're also like well put together, you know they're they're not out there acting a fool. I mean yeah at times you're gonna see, you know a couple guys so that put down a few too many pints and they're out there <laughs> just you know, going hard and, uh, um, yeah, sure. There's, there's going to be fans yeah. like that everywhere. Yeah. But I, I would say that they have a, they have a pretty rocks. I'll buy it, dude. I mean, they have a pretty solid fan base. They really do. I went to the Ryder cup in, in, uh, France, at Le Golf national outside mm -hmm. of Paris and like shit, dude, it was gnarly. It, yeah. there was, there was, there was like a small group of American fans and, you know, it was awesome to see that. It was great to, to see him going hard for the Americans, but 
Yeah. Like, dude, when they're going ole, 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 and all this stuff, it's just like, dude, oh <laughs> yeah, my gosh, big time. it's overwhelming. It's it's just, yep. it's gnarly. And, and I wish that you would see a little bit more of that, like at the U.S. Open. You know, there's really, there's, at the U.S. Open, it doesn't feel like, you know, the the fans are there to support Americans, you know. But when no. you're at the Open Championship, you know damn well that those fans are going to be really, really rooting yeah. for those European guys, you know. And oh, I guess that's sure. just kind of yeah. that's the construct that's kind of set up, you know. Most of the import, the, the the popular uh, tournaments are played in the United States, so you know I think yeah. we take it for granted, and you know we're 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 not out there rooting for Americans, you know. We just want to watch golf, but over there. You know, you, that's the only major championship over there, and those European fans are going to be diehard. You know, they're yeah. going to be for sure rooting for their their guys. So, yeah, I think I think that you know the way it's set up, that it, it makes for for them to be a, a little bit better of a fan base. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would buy as well, and no hate against uh, Americans, obviously being American. Um, I've been to a Ryder Cup. It's all, it's just here though. I haven't been to one abroad. But witnessing it on TV and just kind of seeing everything that's out there and then even talking to uh, John Rahm was on our podcast last year and we were talking about Ryder Cup when he went head-to-head against Tiger and just like the whole fan experience, everything. It's just uh, unbelievable. I think that there's a level of of class that the European fans have too that we quite don't have. Um, I'll tell you, I'm sure there's there's unruly fans, just any fan base, and they're going to be unpleasant for, for the opposing team and stuff. But at the end of the day, like when I was at Hazeltine, I was shocked to see the amount of shit that was being allowed to, to happen with American fans. Like Danny right. Willett was just coming off all the controversy around the um, his, his, the masters and his brother talking shit about Americans and stuff, which listen, that fires up anybody I'm sure. And Danny Willett had what was coming to him but I, I couldn't believe it. I was on T boxes with Danny Willett was on and the stuff that was being said and no one was like reprimanding anybody or kicking them out. Uh, yeah. It would have been really tough to play golf in because golf kind of being such a mental sport. It was, yeah, it was embarrassing. Cause it was like, yeah, maybe a heckle or two on the first tee, maybe something like um, yelled every now and then. I, I don't know, but I think Danny had that literally tee to green all 18 holes or however many holes that their matches went and that's embarrassing. Like, it's just like, come on, like, this is, this is us. This is us representing our country. And then you get the whole, like yelling at every tee shot that goes off. You get the Brooksy comments and stuff. Like, I don't know. I, I get some of that stuff like here and there. And it's funny to, to do that. And you want to be the, the guy in your group. That's the clown and makes everybody laugh or whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's embarrassing. Uh, I don't know. It's hard for me because there's that balance of having fun and you want to bring some of that to golf but you also want to represent our country in a way where it's like we're rooting our fan or our team on through our fan base and being classy about it where the the players can actually be proud to be american by how they're represented by their fans and i don't know that many players would be able to like walk off the cor- the you know the course and be proud to represent america based on how our fans represented themselves by just talking mad shit to the other team opposed to just cheering on and having songs and chants about America. Um, yeah. That's the big difference. So I think they've got a little right. bit of an upper hand there and there's something that we can do. Maybe, maybe it's a movement we start, man. Maybe we can help. 
Yeah, I'd love to. I, you know, I think uh, we could we could use a little bit of a revival for sure. I mean, you know, maybe America you could create is... a chant for us. <laughs> yeah. We could think of something. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, I'm creative like that. But yeah, I mean, it, it would be really good to see, you know, Americans kind of come together as one giant fan base like the Europeans do. But, you know, it's America, man. It's a mixing bowl. A lot of people with a lot of different opinions and um a lot of different yeah. personalities and you know it, it would be nice to unify a little bit you know and well I it's just we like the players like you know golf. people aren't big fans of patrick reed outside of Ryder cups or you know team events and stuff but he's a he's a player who's going to be there consistently i mean yeah, yeah. he was picked as a, a captain's pick which was uh surprising this last time around but at the end of the day when it comes to him qualifying that's going to happen on the regular he's a good player he's going to continue to win and he's gritty in these competitions, which is what we need. We need more players yeah, that are gritty. And I'm going to root for him uh, during these events. And you got to put your your bias aside and, and root for these guys and root for your country. And, you know, we need more wins. Like, we need a good 10 run, a 10 years run of, of victories here to put us on the map because they're just waxing us, dude. Like, yeah. they're, you know, I, I see us doing really well this time around, but they've been waxing us as of late. So, <clears throat> yeah. All right, let's move to this last one real quick, and then we're going to jump into our interview with Cam. But St. Andrews is the best open championship venue. Buy or sell? I'll buy. Such a such a basic answer, but I'll buy because, dude, it's St. Andrews, right? I mean, like, I think it is. that it's St. Andrews. It's, it's St. Andrews, and when you think open championship, like, what course do you think of? Most people would say St. Andrews, right? But yeah. <clears throat> You know, I think it would be really cool. Like my goal one day is to like go over there and do like a tour and, you know, play as many open championship golf courses as I can in one trip. I think that would just mm -hmm. be the trip of a, be a really cool trip. lifetime. And, and then, and then make my, my choice based upon, you know, what I like to see on TV and then mm -hmm. when I, and, and then playability of the golf course and like what challenges and it, it, it presents itself and what characteristics it has. And, you know, the overall character of the golf course itself, you know, like, it, it, there's nothing quite like watching a, a, a tournament at a golf course that you played and fell in love with. Right. You know, like uh, I can't watch, there's nothing better watch, than that. There's nothing better. I can't wait to watch golf at Pinehurst number two, you know, like when that comes, it's, it's my, probably my favorite place in the world. Like I, I mm -hmm. just love it there so much. And so, you know, had I not played there, you know, I probably would have said, I love watching the U S open at Pebble beach, you know, yeah. but I would yeah. much rather watch it at, Pioneers number two. So, you know, I, I, I think that that would give me a, a better opportunity to give you a better answer. But as of right now, I mean, I love watching the US or the open championship at St. Andrews. I think it's, it's yeah. just so sick. It's, it's an awesome atmosphere. It looks amazing. So, but yeah, I mean, Royal St. George's we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, you know? So oh, it's, yeah, it's going to be great. They're all great. I mean, I think of Carnoustie. Um, I thought that was a, a great yeah. venue. You know, I, I think that, Port Rush was great. I've got to play at Port Rush. Um, oh, and so that was kind of cool to see that on TV and see these players play um, and going there. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is it. I mean, this is the home of golf. Uh, I think it's, it's always going to have special meaning and special history and it's something you can always look forward to. So I'm going to buy, I don't know if anything's going to change my mind on that. Even if I play all these courses, I, I've heard if you play the open or, uh, or if you play at St. Andrews, I heard it's uh, a pretty open golf course um, and easy to go low at, for an amateur, um, depending obviously what tee box you're playing, what the weather is like. Greens are obviously massive. Fairways are massive. 
Uh, there's a course called the Tribute here that replicates all the greatest holes of Scotland. There's number one and number 18 replicate one 18 at St. Andrews. I'm telling you the oh, fairway funny. is just enormous and the greens are enormous. And those are two holes where like, if you don't make par on both those holes, like you really effed up, like you probably, you probably effed up your second right. shot and your, your three putted or something, but they do you that. Know. They do that down here too. There's a course. I think it's at Grand Cypress, and they have one in eighteen. Which oh, they do. Okay, replicate. Okay, it's pretty cool. That's pretty. Yeah, it's it's cool. That they, they do that, you know, because it gives you that taste. And I never made it to Scotland to go play. I've just played in Ireland and got to play County Down, which County Down is my favorite course of all time. Still number one on my list. Um, and they played the Irish Open there uh, a few years ago, but. Port Rush was great. I'd love to get to Scotland, like you said, and play all these different courses to kind of get a taste of it for myself. But man, St. Andrews is it, though, dude. Like the coverage and the broadcast, everything about it, because the history, the stories, yeah. it's pretty cool. So I mean, like when I played like Tiger Woods or Rory on Xbox, it's like, dude, I just want to <laughs> yeah. rip up St. Andrews like right now. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, dude, this it's, is this is uh sure. this has been good. The open is here this week, so I'm excited to get this thing kicked off. This pod go. Go, go live and we can, you know, get your guys' picks of where you're going to go. I'm really excited to bring in this guest. Let's head to the 19th hole. We could talk to uh, Cam Smith um, coming off the Zurich champion, a Zurich Classic Championship with Mark Leishman. He is gearing up to win his first major, hopefully this week, at the Open Championship. Um, and obviously he's heading out to play in the Olympics to represent his home country of Australia. So Coach and I got a chance to catch up with Cam for his big fishing trip and uh, his flight across the pond. And so let's, let's jump right into that and uh, get with Cam. I love that you fish. I love that you golf. You seem like a, like a great dude. I'm pumped that you, uh, you joined the show and we've got a, we've got a, a couple questions for you. Got, got a lot of big things coming up. We're excited for So Trav fire away. Let's, let's dive in. Yeah, dude. I mean, obviously you're coming off a win this year with Leash at the Zurich. That's the second time you won the event. I do digging into it. So you've won three PGA tour events, but all of them have been in playoffs. And then you, you've, uh, I think your two other victories worldwide have been in playoffs too. I mean, dude, you're like Tom Brady in the playoffs, like undefeated right now. It's like, insane. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I mean, I knew the Zurich, the recent one was in the playoff, but Dude, talk us through that a little bit, just like ice in the veins or something. I mean, that's uh, pretty cool to have that undefeated record in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know I don't know why that is, but um, I always feel like if you're in a playoff, you're playing some pretty good golf. So your chances, I feel like my chances are pretty good in a playoff. Um, yeah. I just got to keep doing what I'm doing and um, kind of let the other guy do his thing cool. as well obviously you're fucking undefeated in the playoffs. So you're doing, you're doing something right. So what do you think? So like there's been two playoffs here recently on tour that have lasted seven, eight holes. Um, and it's kind of, there's some monotony of like the routine of what they're going through. Do you think there's anything the tour could do differently in terms of how the playoffs can be formatted to make it a little more interesting and maybe more sudden death? Um, I don't think so. I think, I think you've got to play a whole, um, I mean, typically it doesn't take seven or eight holes. It, you know, typically takes one or maybe two holes until until you get a result. So I feel like that's maybe like just a bit of an odd, odd occurrence and, um, yeah. you know, it, and, and shit just kind of happens sometimes like that. But, yeah, um, but yeah I, I can't think of any other way. That's kind of a, 
bit of a hit and miss question for me. I, I don't really, I don't really know what to do other than play a hole. <laughs> yeah, no, it's this is odd that they happened back to back like that. But the one in um, Connecticut was crazy how long it lasted. It was just yeah. like no one could make a putt. I mean, they made incredible putts to get into the playoff, and then once they made it, they yeah. couldn't make anything. So. Well, so you had a couple of weeks off here just leading into a big stretch of golf. You're going to be heading over uh, the pond to play in the Open, um, looking for that first major championship. And then what we really wanted to talk to you about is representing your uh, home country of Australia and representing for the Olympics, which is pretty cool. First time you've ever done that. And just, uh, I mean, you came out, you're very uh, fiery and represented the international team really well uh, during the President's Cup. And although I'm American, was rooting for the United States, I was a big fan of yours that week with some of the Patrick Reed banter back and forth and stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, representing your own country and going and playing in the Olympics has got to be pretty awesome. I know there was some talk about that with you and Leash after the Zurich. I'd read some quotes about your guys' thoughts on going over there. But what does that mean to you to represent your home country and go over and, and play golf? Yeah, I mean, um, even with the President's Cup, I've always felt like I've played really good golf when I'm playing for something bigger than, you know, just playing for myself and playing for, you know, a trophy. Or I feel like when I play for my country, I've, I've obviously put my all into every week, but uh, there's just like another like set of gears there ready for that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's going to be so cool to be in Tokyo. It's one of my favorite places in the world. I've played a ton of golf there before. I can't wait to get back and, um, you know, put on the green and gold and see how we go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Are, are you going to, are you going to bring your uh, fishing pole? So, so I, I'm not an offshore fisherman whatsoever. I love to bass fish, but I hear Japan has some insane bass fish. Are we, we going to do any fishing while we're over there? <laughs> I, I think um, I think with the with the rules over there at the minute we'll be lucky to get out of the hotel, let alone doing that. <laughs> yeah, that makes that makes sense. That makes sense. But that that's uh, awesome. So I mean, at this point in your career, like you've been on the golf's biggest stage. Um, I'm not quite sure that you get nervous or experience nerves at any tournament uh, here in recent months or in the last year or so. But do you do you think the nerves will be there? Um, you know, that first tee shot or first hole or, or whatnot at the Olympics? Yeah, I'm, I'm always nervous, um, whether it's, I mean, the first tee shot, um, you know, coming down the last hole with a chance to win or, you know, sometimes even, you know, three or four foot putts. Um, I still feel it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good to hear, I guess. Yeah, I, I think always feeling nervous is a good thing. It means you want it. Um, if, you, if you're not feeling those nerves, you're overly confident and probably come back to bite you in the ass, I guess. So, yeah. But so I mean, you've been, it, what, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So, so, I mean, it's you and leash, obviously you guys have huge camaraderie together. You've got a great friendship. I mean, do you think that's going to give you guys a little bit of advantage? Do you think you're going to be a little bit more comfortable knowing that you guys are there together representing Australia? I mean, what, what's, what's the impact of him being there with you going to be? Yeah. I mean, hopefully it's much the same as what we had at, in New Orleans this year. I mean, we, we uh, rented a house together in New Orleans. Um, we, we all went to, you know, dinner together and had a couple of beers during the week. So hopefully it's much the same and we can kind of ride off each other like we did that week and we can get a couple of good results out of it. 
Yeah, and I think that'll bring a, a pretty good entertainment value to uh, to it and hopefully drive some viewership because people were absolutely eating that up. So, yeah, I, I, I hope to see Leash in a mullet uh, possibly during the Olympics. That would, that would, be, that would be pretty sweet. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see about that. Well, so we had a, we have this segment on our podcast that we do that is just called Buy or Sell. And when you had the mullet, when you started it, we asked the question, if buy or sell, would you keep it throughout the remainder of the year? And I, I have to go back to see what exactly we said. Um, I think we, we said that you were going to keep it just because you had the, the you, winning streak you going. Said, you said he was going to keep it. I said, there's no way. There's There's got to be some moment. Something's got to happen where he's, he's got to bite the bullet and cut it off. But, yeah. you know, I mean, you're holding so strong now. So my, my view on that has probably changed a little bit. <laughs> A little bit. It's become a part of you. So yeah, I mean, well, tell us the story behind the mullet and tell us what the plans are. Um, I mean, the story is, um, you know, there was a few few of my mates back home that were we were all in quarantine together. You know, FaceTiming each other, um, and then uh, rugby league actually come back um, sooner than we did. And there was a few of the rugby league boys that um, had the big mullet. And I just thought stuff it. I was sitting on the couch. I wasn't doing much. Um, and my hair was already pretty long as it was because I couldn't get into a barber or anything like that. Yeah. So um, I just asked Jordan to trim the sides up and we kind of went from there and I've kind of hung on to it. I, I feel like it's almost like a, it's it's a, like party, a part yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> it is. That is amazing. Well, I mean, I was going to ask you if you plan to maybe cut it or do something for the Olympics, but I don't think there's a chance that's going to happen. I think you got to take that over there, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about it. Um, I might like, I might do like a little like AUS, you know, in the sides, like yeah, I don't know. Something. Maybe AUS, AUS on one side, and then the Olympic rings on the other side. I think that'd be pretty bad. Yeah, that would right be there. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I remember Ricky did the USA when he went over to for the Ryder Cup, and I don't think it fan, I don't think it fared out too well for him or in the American team. But it, we've been getting our butts waxed in the the Ryder Cup here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's a touchy fun subject. To, yeah, it is. It is. I'm excited for you and Leash, though, man. I, that's going to be fun to watch. Like I. You know, last time around, I don't think I was really excited about Olympics and golf. I think a lot of people didn't realize what it was or what it was going to mean. But, I mean, it was entertaining and there was some good stuff that came out of it. But I'm really excited this time around. I'm pumped for you guys to go over there and, and represent your country and play for, you know, a gold medal, which is awesome, man. I mean, that would, that's got to mean a ton for a player to go over there and win a gold medal, not only for yourself personally, but for your country. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Australia's been through a lot as well. I mean, I, I think that you know they could they they could really use the Olympics, and you know they could use a, a gold medal in golf. I think that would be huge to to have that opportunity. Um, no pressure for your country. No. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> tear it up. <laughs> no pressure, dude. <laughs> well, so you you've come close in some majors. You finished second in the twenty twenty. Uh, masters i think you had a top five in the u.s in the is the u.s open but i mean going into the open you're, you're playing really good golf right now i mean what's your mindset to go overseas to, and you've obviously played in that major i mean what's your mindset going into to this major um to try to overcome the the hump and get your first major under your belt yeah i mean i feel like i've been there probably enough now to um 
you know, have enough confidence that if I'm in contention to, to get it done. Um, yeah, I think it's just one of those things for me now. I just got to keep putting myself in the spot and, um, you know, and, and try to try and do it the last nine holes. I mean, um, the first couple of days of the major championship is always really, uh, really hard sometimes, especially the open, you get a bit of a bad side of the draw and you think you're hard done by because there's only four a year. And, um, but I mean, you just got to, you just got to go there, play your best golf. Um, hopefully everything falls into place and, and you can get it done on those last nine holes. That's seriously what it's all about. And that's what we played for. Or, or last hole, just go force a, a fucking playoff and, and you're Gucci, man. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, if we know that this comes down to a playoff, like all my money is on Cam Smith. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, the, so the COVID rules for the opener are like insane too, man. I saw all the stuff that's going on and, you know, they're letting a ton of player or a ton of fans go watch, but the players, the traveling over there, there's so many rules and restrictions. I, I really hope that no one runs into any problems where someone tests positive on their flight or does something stupid and, you know, you, yeah. you can't play. And I mean, it'd just be super unfortunate. Yeah. I, yeah. I hope for everything for everyone's sake, it just goes smoothly and we can play the golf tournament and have some fun like we do over here and, um, yeah. and everyone can say it's a good experience. I mean, that's all we can hope for. Yeah. No, Sam, I'm, I'm very hopeful. Hopefully that's what takes place. So with the open, I mean, do you enjoy playing like link style golf, um, playing in that, in that, in, in the elements? I know you have to be a little more creative, I think with your approach, but what do you, like, how do you compare that style of, of golf compared to what you'd play like in Florida and do you enjoy it? Um, yeah, I do really enjoy it. Um, I haven't really had too many good results, um, to be honest, in, in the UK. But um, I do really enjoy it. Um, I love playing in the wind. I love being creative, um, you know, with my second shots and having to play different shots where, you, you know, you don't have to play around here. I mean, you know, there's sometimes over there you hit an eight iron, you know, 90 yards just because you have to. I mean, there's no yeah. other shot. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's nice to mix it up every now and again, um, and I do love to golf over there. I just need to, um, I just need to play better, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, your game, my life. No, your game is looking good, man. I, I feel like uh, it's bound to happen soon. You can win a major, probably win multiple majors within your career. So, listen, big stretch of golf ahead of you. Uh, a lot of travel. So, best of luck to you, man. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your your busy schedule to join us and. Uh, talk a little shop. Hopefully the mullet sticks around for a while, man. I, we were really hoping that you would don the green jacket with the mullet. I don't think there'd be yeah. a better picture in golf history. Uh, That's than the that. dream. Yeah. That is the so. dream right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe so, it's just, maybe it's a happier thing. You know, you, you keep the mullet prime for the masters and then, you know, cut, chop it off mid year right around now. And, and you're good. I mean, we, we, we need a mullet green jacket photo. It's got to happen. Listen, a mullet with the gold the the gold medal and a mullet would be pretty badass too. So I think we'll settle Equally. for that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, cool. hey, good luck these next few weeks with all this big golf ahead of you, man. We appreciate your time. Yeah, appreciate cool, taking the time. All right. Thank all right, you. Take care. All right, cool. That was cool to catch up with Cam and just kind of uh, get his take on uh, playing in the Olympics. It's always great to see a player who's excited about representing their country and – you know, because you've got a lot of people who've withdrawn just even on the United States team, they're focusing on other things. But 
the guy is yeah. definitely passionate about team play. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's cool, man. You know, the, the camaraderie between him and, and Leishman, I think is really cool. So it's going to be fun to see them out there just kind of being boys, a couple guys being dudes and representing their oh, country. Yeah. They're, they're just great guys, dude. So it was really cool. The mullet, dude. The mullet, man. I'm a, I'm a Cam Smith guy. Man. Like all sounds like, sounds having... like it, it might not be permanent. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the fact that he contemplated getting it cut off again and stuff, I don't know. It's, But I'm a big Cam Smith guy, though, man. I mean, meeting him in person, great dude. Having him on, great guy. Uh, just gritty player. I love the fact that he's paired with Patrick Reed this week at the Open uh, to start yeah. things off with all the shit that he talked through things at the President's Cup. So there'll be some memes that I'm probably going to be making about that today. Looking forward to this and uh, oh, stoked and go from there. So, yeah, well, man, hey. Well, Glad to get the, the pod back going, dude. So yeah, let's get some more guests leading up to the Olympics and get everybody's take on the preparation and what it's like repping their country and stuff. Yeah, we're going to do a big Olympics pod. Can't wait for the Olympics pod. You know, shake right, happens, representing the USA. <laughs> let's go. We might need to just travel over to uh, Japan, Japan and just do some live coverage. For sure. Let's go. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. Enjoy the Open, dude. We'll, we'll talk soon. All right, later.